Hello, everybody. Welcome to Born on This Day. Today is July the 21st. I'm Amanda Barker. And I'm Bill Antonio. And together, we make up your Born on This Day team today. Lucky us. <laughs> yes. Well, Bill, guess what? What? Well, Bill, today, I am happy to inform you, is Racial Harmony Day. Oh. Now, this is actually a Singaporean holiday to celebrate um, a racially harmonious nation. Um, obviously, there's a lot of different races and cultures that all come together in Singapore, so it's a day for them to celebrate it. It's observed, of course, on the 21st of July every year with activities organized by schools, grassroots organizations, and religious groups. So um, we can all take a page out of Singapore's book, at least in this regard, um, when we go out into the world today, if, if we do. Have you been to Singapore, Amanda? I have indeed. I love Singapore. Yeah. I, I never had much of an interest in going there until uh, Crazy Rich Asians made like the best mm. possible uh, travel brochure, basically, to go there. Yeah. You know, it really looks fantastic in that movie. It's- it's definitely beautiful. Um, it's I, I I had a great time there, and it's definitely very British influenced. Yeah. So it has that colonial feel, which you might love and you might not. Aesthetically, uh, I love it. it right. Yeah. Exactly. Morally, I don't obviously, but aesthetically, but, I absolutely right. adore it. The Raffles Bar, I mean, that Raffles Hotel is just phenomenal. Right. But um, yeah, no, Singapore is a really great place. And I love Malaysia as well, which it uh, is surrounded by. Hmm. Um, now, people born on this day can be very, very outgoing and very sociable. Naturally, you are protective. You have a deep concern for your loved ones. But the July 21st birthday personality characteristics predict that you love your family and your home and you are extremely charming, so good for you. Oh, I think someone born on July 21st wrote this one. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Possibly. Well, getting us started, someone I'm a huge fan of, Betty mm-hmm. Gilpin had roles on Nurse Jackie and Masters of Sex, but it was her performance as Debbie on the hit Netflix series Glow that has made her a household name and earned her two Emmy nominations. She was born on this day in 1986. I... Absolutely love her and Glow. I absolutely yeah. love the, the show Glow. I hope that they can continue filming because I need my third season. I loved her uh, on Nurse Jackie as well. Yeah, I didn't. Oh. I I never watched Nurse Jackie for reasons I'll never be able to fully. Well, at least you admit it this time. Yeah, it's true. That's not one I pretend to have watched. Yeah. Did you know she studied under uh, Diane Weist? No, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, she did at Fordham University. Very mm. interesting. Yeah. Anyway. Juno Temple began working in films at the age of 11, earning notices for her performances in Notes on a Scandal and Atonement before going on to make her mark in The Dark Knight Rises, Maleficent, Killer Joe, and most recently, the Netflix series Dirty John. The daughter of filmmaker Julian Temple, she was born in London on this day in 1989. Hmm. And her aunt, Nina Temple, was the last general secretary of the Communist Party of Great Britain. Oh, interesting. Hmm. (laughs) Very interesting. Probably the most famous name on this list today. Robin Williams was a successful stand-up famous for his verbally manic style who conquered television stardom with his Emmy-nominated performance on Mork and Mindy before becoming a film star in the 80s. He was nominated for Oscars for Good Morning Vietnam, Dead Poets Society, and The Fisher King before winning Best Supporting Actor for Goodwill Hunting. But he broke hearts all over the world when his suicide in 2014, at the age of 63, revealed that his external success was no match 
for the struggle that existed within. He was born on this day in Chicago in 1951. Gosh, he was only 63, huh? Yeah. That's crazy. There's a lot of uh, interviews online you can find with Bobcat Goldthwait, who was like one of his best friends, um, mm -hmm. who talks a lot about what he knew about Robin's illness and what he theorizes might have happened the night. Oh, that he interesting. Died. Um, that he doesn't claim to be or factual, but that he feels might be true, uh, that I find very interesting. But the whole, you know, it's just tragic either way. Yeah, absolutely. Josh Hartnett, a little less tragic. He became yeah. a heartthrob for his performances in the films Pearl Harbor and 40 Days and 40 Nights. More recently, he was on Penny Dreadful, and he was born on this day in St. Paul, Minnesota in 1978. Mm. And I walked by him smoking on a break uh, from set in New York City one time when I was there and he had movie makeup on and in real life when you walk by people wearing movie makeup they're actually really scary totally absolutely yeah. but they all smoke yes well how Every else last one of them. yeah they all smoke and it's New York City so like you don't you're not too freaked out because you're just used to being able to pet the creatures in their natural habitat there you know <laughs> you can just be famous people all the time <laughs> The youngest of a group of famous siblings, Rory Culkin, made his own mark in the films You Can Count On Me and Signs, and more recently was featured on episodes of Castle Rock. He was born on this day in New York City in 1989. Here's a name we might know, Yusuf Islam. Mm. And you go, wait, how do I know that name? Because it's Cat Stevens. Um, he was actually born Stephen Dimitri Georgiou. Did mm -hmm. I say that right? Yep. Yeah. And later um, became Cat uh, Stevens and then later on Yusuf Islam. His musical style, of course, consists of folk, pop, rock, and in his late career, Islamic music. He was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2014, and he was the youngest child of a Greek Cypriot. Very interesting. I'm hoping now that Sinead O'Connor has converted to Islam that they'll do a duet. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Yeah. Well, no disrespect to Robin Williams, Amanda, but the next person is my favorite on this list and the person I want to be reincarnated as. Mm -hmm. Charlotte Gainsbourg is the daughter of two very famous parents, Serge Gainsbourg and Jane Birkin, but her fame is entirely her own making, from her amazing albums as a singer to her incredible career as an actor, which includes a Best Actress Prize at Cannes for Lars von Trier's Antichrist. She was born in London, England on this day in 1971. Did you know she was the target of a bungled kid? Napping? Uh, yes, I did know that. Yeah, she's had a really crazy life. Her father also hit on her on live television when she was like 16 years old. She's seen it all. She was also in a boating accident where she hit her head so badly that her brain actually shifted in her skull and um, she nearly died and was thankfully rushed to the hospital in time to save her because otherwise she probably would have um, bled to death. And her album. Her next album was called MRI, and it was inspired by that whole experience. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, it was called ERM because it's in French, but it means right. MRI. Yeah. Right. She's amazing. She always has that perfect hair that looks like she just took a motorcycle helmet off and just like tussled it in the wind. She's just <laughs> glamour personified. I absolutely adore her. And her mother is who the Birkin bag is named after, of course. Yes, I was, mm -hmm. I was realizing that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, wow, what a life. That mm -hmm. would be, that would be an autobiography to read certainly oh, yeah. Yeah. character actor edward herman is beloved for so many of his performances from big business to the lost boys to his roles on gilmore girls and the good wife he was born in washington dc on this day in 1943 and sadly he did die in 2014 at the age of 71 Ugh. he's one that i was very shocked when he died because he just looked always looked the same age for decades yes yeah totally 
The Lost Boys is what I most remember him from. Oh, I always think of him in big business. And mm-hmm. as a kid, I didn't know that the, the, he and his boyfriend were gay. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't remember big business, I don't think. Oh. Or, I saw it, but I don't you remember. You clearly were not born a gay man if you did not watch that every day in the 80s, Amanda. <sighs> Try, though I might. Yeah. Try, though Another I thing might. you pretended to be in the, in the <laughs> when you were I still do. Wait, yeah. what? <laughs> <laughs> Justin Bartha gave a charming performance in Gigli, but it wasn't noticed thanks to that film's notoriety with critics. But he definitely won't be forgotten for his performance as the missing subject of the surprise 2009 hit film The Hangover. More recently, he appeared on The Good Fight and was born in West Bloomfield, Michigan on this day in 1978. I think this next person is probably my favorite on this list. Oh, why not? I mean, amazing. Comedy legend. Yeah. Just as a child. He was one of those people who, as a child, you loved his comedy. For sure. Don Knotts was the star of a series of silly comedies in the 60s, like The Reluctant Astronaut and The Shakiest Gun in the West, thanks to the fame of his reoccurring role, of course, on The Andy Griffith Show. But uh, you and I grew up knowing him and loving him, of course, as Mr. Furley on the hit series Three's Company. He was born in Morgantown, West Virginia on this day in 1924. He died in 2006 at the age of 81. Okay, now let's deal with the shock of that. That means that in the 70s, early 80s, when he played on Three's <laughs> Company, he was not 81. <laughs> Wait, how old was he then? Hang he on. He was in his 60s. It, barely in his 60s, not even. Oh my god. Yeah. Am yeah. I to the Don Knotts phase of my career? I, feel like <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, like that shocked me. Because as a kid, I always thought he was 80 years old. I also no, adored him yeah. and was shocked when I grew up and found out that he had this whole career before Mr. Furley because that's all I ever knew him as. Totally, but, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Too. Well, I'm like Mrs. Roper, I forget who it is. I know she's a famous actress. And I can't think of her name. Um, who, Audra. Yes. Yeah, anyway. But who preceded? Yeah, Audra. I think it was Audra, wasn't it? <laughs> um, She was very young when she was yeah. Mrs. I mean, we think of Mrs. Roper as the iconic Moomoo yeah. wearing grandmother yeah. at the beach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she was she was younger than I, I am now, I think. And he was on Three's Company, Don Knotts, because the Ropers left to do their spin-off show, which they didn't yes. want to do, and the studio forced them to do. Oh. And then it got canceled after barely a season, and Don Knotts was already moved on as Mr. Furley. Totally. So, yeah, it was a real it was a real tragedy because they were great too. She's also wonderful in the movie The Heartbreak Kid by Elaine May. Nice yeah. work there, Mr. Movie. All right. Another comedian, John Lovitz, became an absolute star after he practically stole the show in his few scenes at the beginning of my favorite summer movie, A League of Their Own, though he was already well known to comedy fans for his time on Saturday Night Live. He has also appeared in the films Happiness, The Ridiculous Six, and has voiced a number of characters on The Simpsons. He was born in Tarzana, California on this day in 1957. I uh, I really do love him. And... I love him too. Yeah, he was in Rat Race too, which just yes. happened to be on TV the other day. Yeah. And I was like, I said to him, oh, I think it's on Amazon on Prime. And I was like, we have to watch it, Rat Race. I don't know if it holds up, but um, he went through a phase in his career uh, where he just, he had no agent and no manager. And he was like, he just would hand out his phone number to whoever and say, kind of like Bill Murray actually. And just be like, if you want me, call me. That makes sense only because he never had like a tentpole movie. Like there was never a period in which they designed like Rob Schneider movies around him. You know what I mean? But it's amazing how like 
when League of Their Own came out, I remember so many people talking about him, and he's only in like the first half hour of that movie. But he's so good. But in he's that so movie. good. That scene yeah. where he's the cow. It, when yeah. he tells the cow to shut up. Yeah. Which, which was, was improvised like, because the cow wouldn't stop making noise, and Penny Marshall just said, Well, just tell her to shut up. And that's what he did. That's a great Penny Marshall. <laughs> God bless. Oh, I love that I mean, movie so I mean, much. I know. We've we've already done deep League of Their Own Dives, and we'll continue to, folks. We will. But yeah. But until then, Paloma Faith is a singer whose debut album, Do You Want the Truth or Something Beautiful, included the hit singles Stone Cold Sober and New York, while her fourth album, The Architect, was released in 2017 and became her first to reach number one in the UK. In 2015, she poked fun at her own image with her performance in Paolo Sorrentino's Youth. She was born on this day in London in 1981. She's so great. I love her. Famous Canadians, Norman Jewison is one of Canada's most successful directors, beginning with a series of Doris Day comedies in the 60s before making In the Heat of the Night, which won the Oscar for Best Picture. Later, he directed such notable classics as The Thomas Crown Affair, Fiddler on the Roof, Moonstruck, and received an honorary Oscar in 1999. He was born on this day in Toronto in 1926. He also was in a photo with me and doesn't know it. Okay. <laughs> because I was at one of the CFC garden parties that he was at. I was there with a friend of mine and she said, let's all take a picture with Norman. And basically we all got together. His wife took the photo and they just pulled him into the front of the photo. He has no idea who was behind him at that point. That so is I am hilarious. in a portrait with Norman Jewison and he has no <laughs> idea. Lovely man and his wife is so nice. I was going to wax poetic on his contributions to yeah. Canadian film no, and development. I, listen, when I I've had a contact with these people, I need to talk about it, Amanda. No, that's well, listen, I'm going to do the same for another famous Canadian. Okay. Art Hindle appeared yep. in the classic horror film, Black Christmas. I have a lot of friends who appeared in Black Christmas, actually, yep. before giving terrific performances in David Cronenberg's The Brood, the Philip Kaufman remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and of course, the two Porky's films. He was born on this day in Halifax, Nova Scotia in 1948. And you took a picture with Norm Jewison and he didn't know it. I subbed in Art Hindle's voice on a movie and he didn't oh, amazing. know it. So oh, amazing. <laughs> I've actually met Art. Uh, he's a really, really, really nice guy. I think we're still Facebook friends, I hope. Um, but I met him at a, an AYA function, the Actra, mm-hmm. um, the, uh, uh, not an AYA, it was the, yeah, the Act Your Age, the Actra's like seniors. Um, oh yeah organization uh and he couldn't have been nicer and all i wanted to talk to him about was invasion of the body snatchers because i love that movie (laughs) but also um you know he's still a fine upstanding good looking guy but there's a period in the 70s to early 80s where art is in all these movies where he's wearing these fantastic tan or earth toned coats uh and he rocks all of them he was so stylish uh back for the fashions of that day i just uh yeah Anyway, he's a stand-up guy. I absolutely love him. C. Aubrey Smith was a character actor in Hollywood's Golden Age who usually played gruff but kindly old men, most notably in Little Lord Fauntleroy, Wee Willy Winky with Shirley Temple, which is a film I really love, and the 1949 version of Little Women, which was released a year after his death. He was born in London on this day in 1863 and died in 1948 at the age of 85. He was an English test cricketer. Oh, (laughs) In Hollywood, he organized British actors into a cricket team, uh, which much to the delight and intrigue of uh, local spectators. 
I was going to say test cricket is, is a form of cricket. Yes. For those who aren't up on their cricket, which I That's was not. That's cool. He's still mm-hmm. my favorite interpretation of Mr. Lawrence in Little Women when he gives Beth the piano. It's just lovely. Yeah. It makes me weep every time. That's a beautiful. And I, I'm with you, actually. I really like Willy, Wee Willy Winky. That's yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Truly Temple movies. It's her at her most charming. You know, yes. like you, you can see how she conquers all of India in that film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's been a long time since I've seen that. But we went through a big big hardcore Shirley Temple phase when I was like 12. Right. And my, we bought all the VHSs and then watched them all the time. Hungary's most celebrated artist in the world of film, Bella Tarr, is famous for his meditative, challenging films like Santantago, which is over seven hours long, and 2007's The Man from London. He received great acclaim for The Turin Horse, which was made in 2011, and he announced that that would actually be his last film. He was born on this day in Pex, Hungary, in 1955. Mm-hmm. He's an uncompromising filmmaker. He's he's really like that very definition of art house, you know, like you're not there to have a good time and eat popcorn in front of the screen. My sister's um, married to a Hungarian guy. And when his father was alive, she took him to a Hungarian movie at TIFF every year. And I still remember her coming back from The Man from London, just like, what was that? You know, she was, it was so not what she was in the mood for. <laughs> and my sister, you know, she has a discerning eye for a good artistic film, but he was just not her rhythm. And uh, they did not have a good time that day. That was the seven hour one? No, definitely. She would not have stayed for a seven hour film. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's quite a commitment. Although yeah. I love, I love. I love things like that, like, or plays that go on for four days and you. Yeah, I love end. that kind of, uh, especially when it's done well, where, you yeah. know, because I've seen movies that are almost that long that, like the 1968 version of War and Peace hmm. flies by. But uh, yeah, it Does is it? quite the commitment. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have one more birthday celebrant to round out today. Ernest Hemingway was born um, on this day in 1899. He was an American journalist, novelist, short story writer, and of course, very famous sportsman, his uh, understated and economical style, which he termed the iceberg theory had a strong influence on 20th century fiction while his adventurous lifestyle and his public image brought him admiration from later generations, inspiring teams of bros to go hunting and drinking. Uh, He produced most of his work between the mid-20s and the mid-50s, and of course he won the Nobel Prize in Literature in 1954. And who hasn't been to one of his houses? He had a lot of houses, I feel like. I feel like every country I go to, they're like, this is Ernest Hemingway's home. And you're like, wait, Cuba. He's one of those people where like, if he took a drink somewhere, they put a plaque up. Like he's that level of fame. (laughs) Ernest Hemingway had the cocktail here. He just loved it. And he used to sit with his gun in his pipe. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, I feel like he was the original like white guy traveler. Oh, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) let me go experience this culture and fall madly in love with it like that kind of thing anyway but he was an incredible writer and uh my actual favorite i'll say my favorite hemingway is actually not hemingway at all but um there was a book that came out about 10 years ago called the paris wife uh which is a fictional account based on letters from his wife when he wrote um an unmovable feast it's a great book. It's a great summer read. So if you're looking for a really good beach book, I absolutely recommend The Paris Wife. And it's all from a fictional perspective, but from his um, from his wife's uh, perspective of, of that time in his True life. True confession, despite having an English degree, I've never read a Hemingway novel. I've read short stories, but I've never actually read one of his books. 
True confession. I didn't know you have an English degree. So do I. (laughs) (laughs) Where's yours from? (laughs) Yeah, uh, from U of T. I was actually doing it part-time as a mature student uh, in most of the years that you've known me. That I did know you were yeah. back. So you and you graduated? Oh yeah, uh, five years ago. Congrats! Thank, That's so fun. Thank you, thank you. And of course, like all of our celebrants today, Ernest Hemingway was born on this day. He was born in 1899, and he died in 1961. So happy birthday to Ernest Hemingway! Happy birthday to anyone celebrating their birthday on July 21st. Bill, that was a fun time as always. As always, can't wait to do it again. Me neither. So if you want to check us out, if you want to correct our pronunciations, if you want to add your own birthday to the mix, just reach out to us on Born on This Day podcast on all of our social media handles. I'm Amanda Barker. And I'm Bill Antonio. And uh, go have an amazing July 21st. See you then.